Wake up, America, before it's too late. The Steve Day Show. And greetings. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show here live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. Steve Dace here with Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre coming up on the show today. Later on, we're going to talk about the real Clarence Thomas, the people's justice. He just celebrated, I believe, a 75th birthday a few days ago. And this is a big factor coming up in the next election. There's are, there are numerous factors why I believe for the first time, you might hear me say as much as I freaking hate to say it. This is the most important election around that time. I might have to say that next time. Because there's a pretty good chance the next president is going to replace arguably the best Supreme Court justice of the last 75 years, not named William Rehnquist or Antonin Scalia. As well as one of probably the top 10 Supreme Court justices of the last 75 years, Samuel Alito. So we'll get into that coming up a little bit later on. Fake news or not? Robert F. Kennedy Jr. held a town hall recently where he uh, went into greater detail on his positions on numerous issues. We will get into that for fake news or not. Uh, My daughter Anastasia will be here as well. Uh, Pop Culture Tuesday had a chance to watch a screener of Sound of Freedom over the weekend. Uh, The new Jim Caviezel movie coming out on human trafficking on July the 4th. I'll have a review, uh, but I'll just start with saying best movie I've seen so far this year. And I, I'm not even going to attempt to rank my own. It would just be, I, I just don't roll that way. It would be beyond biased. All right, best movie I have seen so far this year. We'll get more into that. Uh, and as spoiler-free as possible, coming up in Pop Culture Tuesday. Also, want to let you know that time is running out to save potentially thousands of dollars on your 2023 taxes with our friends over at Collective. The fiscal year ends on June 30th. You can save an average of ten grand on your 2023 taxes with our friends at Collective, but you have to do it right now. If you're a consultant, software developer, coach, photographer, content creator, graphic designer, or any number of other specialities, you need to use Collective.com. Nothing like doing great work and getting recognized and paid for it, but you probably hate the crushing busy work, all the paperwork. All the details of big government, from business formation, accounting, bookkeeping, and taxes. This is where our friends at Collective can help you, especially if you're making north of 60 grand a year. All right, they can handle all those things, including payroll. So again, act before June 30, the end of the fiscal year. Save potentially thousands of dollars in 2023 taxes. Go to Collective.com. That's Collective.com. Make sure to tell them Steve Day sent you at collective.com and with that let us begin as we always do with Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away what happened while we were away brought to you by the audio CNN uh, (coughs) obtained the audio of Donald Trump talking about classified documents from back in 2021 it's the supposed evidence at the center of his federal indictment in Florida under the espionage act CNN identifies the other voices you hear as staffers of Donald Trump bad sick people that, but, that was your coup, you know, against you. That's well, it started they, right at the like beginning. Like when Millie's talking about, oh, you were going to try to do a coup. No, they, they were trying right. to do that before you even were sworn in. That's right. Trying yeah. to overthrow your election. Well, with Millie, uh, let me see that. I'll, I'll show you an example. He said that I wanted to attack Iran. 
Isn't it amazing? I have a big pile of papers. This thing just came up. Look. This was him. They presented me this. This is off the record, but they presented me this. This was him. This was the Defense Department and him. Wow. We looked at some. This was him. This wasn't done by me. This was him. Yeah. All sorts of stuff. It's pages long. Look. Mm. Wait a minute. Let's see here. <laughs> Yeah. I just found, isn't that amazing? This totally wins my case, you know. Mm -hmm. Except it is like highly confidential, yeah. <laughs> secret. This is secret information. But look, look at this. You attack. And Hillary would print that out all the time, you know. <laughs> send it, email. No, she'd send it to yeah. Anthony Weiner. Yeah, yeah. The pervert. Um, by the way, isn't that incredible? Though? Yeah. I was just saying, because we were talking about it. <laughs> And you know, he said he wanted to attack Iran and what? And These are the papers. Pretty, wow. This was done by the military, given to me. Uh, I think we can probably. Right? I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. Yeah, we'll have to try to figure out. A, a, yeah. See, as president, I could have declassified. Yeah. It. Now I can't. You know, but this is. Yeah. Classified. Now we have a problem. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. It's so yeah. cool. I mean, it's so. I'm look. We here and I have. A, and you probably almost didn't believe me, but now you believe me. No, it's, I believe It's incredible, you. right? No, they, hey, bring they some, uh, bring some cokes in, please. Moving on, Ron DeSantis was at the southern border yesterday where he outlined his plans for dealing with the border invasion. First, we are going to declare this issue of the border to be a national emergency on day one. That will give us authorities to be able to marshal all available resources uh, to be able to meet this moment. Uh, and reestablish the sovereignty of our country. We are going to end catch and release. We are going to build a border wall. Walls work. DeSantis also said the terms of engagement with cartels and other hostiles needs to change. If somebody were breaking into your house to do something bad, you would respond with force. Yet why don't we do that at the southern border? So if the cartels are cutting through the border wall, trying to run product into this country, they're going to end up stone cold dead as a result of that bad decision. And if you do that one time, you are not going to see them mess with our wall ever again. Biden HHS Secretary Xavier Becerra once again reiterated his belief that you can go ahead and die already if your state doesn't allow meatball surgery and chemical castration for minors in the name of gender. Well, we, um, we have issued some guidelines that say that uh, a provider who receives Medicare funding, Medicaid funding, must be prepared to offer gender-affirming care. We unfortunately ran into a couple of circuit courts uh, that said differently, and so we are now in the process of having to uh, work under those rulings. Uh, but we're not going to stop everywhere where we have an opportunity at the federal level. And again, I go back to yesterday's conversation where we don't control health care. We don't control how gender affirming care is provided or if it is provided. But where we have laws that require you to fulfill your obligations, if you want that Medicaid dollar to come to your state, we're going to make sure you check the box. Staying in the HHS, Dick Levine had this important announcement yesterday. Hello, my name is Admiral Rachel Levine, and I have the honor of being the Assistant Secretary for Health at the United States Department of Health and Human Services. Happy Pride. Happy Pride Month. And actually, let's declare it a summer of pride. 
Happy summer of pride. In completely unrelated news, here's Todd Erzin's day group prediction from June 9th. But the uh, pride month, the month of June, is will be all summer long. It's not going anywhere. And finally, we're having second thoughts about Rod DeSanctimonious. What Governor Ron DeSantis is doing in Florida is unimaginable. And his latest policy is a modern-day book burn. <laughs> now, the most cherished books of our time can no longer be read by Florida children. Why? Because Ron DeSantis has censored them. Can you believe it? Classics like P is for Penis, Whore and Peace, and Moby's D have been pulled from the shelves of Florida public schools. Does your second grader want to read Charlotte's webcam? Well, thanks to Ron DeSantis, that book has been banned. Did you ever imagine a day would come when children couldn't read titles like Atlas Pegged or Catcher in the Guy? Even Pitcher in the Guy was taken from the library. Welcome to Ron DeSantis's Florida, a place once known for being the most erotically shaped state is now left with zero erotic graphic novels for its kindergartners. And now in a shameless act of partisan politics, DeSantis is even going after President Biden's beloved pop-up book, Shower Time. So we must act. Please vote Democrat. But in the meantime, call the governor's office and say, you're doing me raw, is another book we demand back on the shelves. With your help, we'll put indispensable titles like The Grapes of Ass, To Kill a Bird, and hundreds of others back onto our kids' reading lists. Our children are the future, and we Florida Democrats will never stop fighting for what turns us on. Paid for by the Global Reading Opportunities Outreach Movement. That brilliant piece of satire is from the online publication, The Glorious American. You can find them at thegloriousamerican.com. And that's what happened while we were away. Charlotte's webcam. Oh, my. Biden's pop-up shower, shower book. Yikes. I mean, that, that was devastatingly, brutally effective is what that was. Devastating. That is close to the video we had back in January, the healthcare parody video. Was it the same oh, people, yeah. maybe? Mm -mm. Different group? I don't think so. Okay, because that, that's the current front runner for video of the year is that video when we get to December. But that one is Grapes of Ass. <laughs> Charlie and the Sausage Factory. You see who the author was? John Prokbeck. Gosh. <laughs> Brutal. Because it's true. It is it's all, brutal yeah. because it's yeah. all true. True. It wouldn't be funny if it wasn't true. It would be offensive. It's funny because it's true. It would just, and it's offensive, but it would be purely offensive if it wasn't. Aaron's Montage brought to you by our friends over at Patriot Mobile every day. The parallel economy grows bigger. One place where it is fully established, the parallel economy we need, is with the product that we all need to use in this day and age, our mobile phones. Make the switch now, just like I did a couple of years ago, to our friends at Patriot Mobile. They're America's only American wireless service provider, offering dependable coverage now on all three major networks. And you can make the switch to any of those networks anytime you want. Move to a part of your state, community country where one network is stronger than the other and you want to make the switch they will help you make that switch for free anytime with their 100 u.s based customer service team that makes switching easy 
makes joining easy. Keep your phone, keep your number two. Just go to patriotmobile.com slash Steve, and you get a free activation with the offer code Steve when you do at patriotmobile.com slash Steve, or call 878-PATRIOT, 878-PATRIOT. If you're a veteran or first responder, let them know when you go to make the switch. They've got an extra special thank you for you. Again, patriotmobile.com slash Steve, 878-PATRIOT is the number. All right, I think I finally got that out of my eye. Coming up in the overtime today, we are going to discuss Ron DeSantis' trip to the border. He is going through a series of unveiling uh, policies moving forward that he would pursue as president. He began with immigration, and we will talk about that, particularly the authorization of the use of deadly force, which I believe gentlemen at least must imply that that is not currently authorized against what is obviously an invasion. Correct? Almost certainly. Yeah. I mean, if you have to authorize it, then that wouldn't that, wouldn't that kind of imply it's not currently authorized? What kind of a country does not authorize deadly force in response to an invasion? One that is not very serious. We will get into that in the overtime today for BlazeTV.com subscribers at BlazeTV.com slash Dace. BlazeTV.com slash Dace is where you'll watch that later today. We'll record it right after the show. That is also where you can go to become a Blaze TV subscriber right now at BlazeTV.com slash Dace. Okay. The Trump audio. We played it in its entirety from CNN yesterday. CNN claims it, quote unquote, obtained this audio. And I think the manner by which this audio was obtained is a major story. And near as I can tell, if you listen to the audio, um, I listened to it a couple of times last night. If you, if you listen to the audio, a couple of things stand out. It appears that Trump is mic'd up. Or whatever mic is recording him. He is speaking closely and directly into it. That looks, that sounds like native audio to me. Aaron, you're the engineer here, but I mean, that, that sounds pretty, that's pretty crisp, man. It's like if you had your microphone kind of off, you know, off to the side like this. It's close, but not like right in front of his face. Everybody else seems even further off of Correct. Mike. All right. Here's why I think that matters. Because I think this question matters greatly. There is one of, to me, there's one of three scenarios One of four scenarios for this audio. Number one, it's completely false. It's rigged. It's as fake as Russian collusion. I mean, it is from CNN after all. I mean, they're, whomever they're identifying as staff and staffer, writer, that could be an aardvark and an orangutan. I mean, this is a banana, okay? This is a, this is a media outlet that has negative integer credibility and worked hard to earn that lack of credibility. Fair? I mean, they, they, have, they have worked very hard. All right? Um, they were also the, the most, I think, um, in, in, when I go back and look at my notes of the 2020 election, they were the most biased pollster. I think they were off by nine and a half points. That's not, that's, is that even a poll? I mean, what is that? I mean, it's <laughs> by nine and a half points. <laughs> what is that? Okay, so that is an option. Fair? 
Let's yes. go through these one by one. That's an option. And you guys tell me if these options are fair. It is, op- it, it is, it is an option that this is completely and totally fabricated audio or edited in a certain way. Yes. To make it look as incriminating as possible because the audio does depict Donald Trump incriminating himself of exactly what he is charged with. Right? So that's possible. Okay. It's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a possibility. Yep. All right. So if that's the case, that leads to a second step, which we'll talk about in a minute. All right. The, the second option here is that this audio was leaked by some media person. We know that Trump has in the past, particularly if your name is Maggie Haberman, spent a good deal of time communicating with the very fake news media that he publicly loathes in private to win them over. He brought, and this is biblical, man. This is, this is King Hezekiah bringing the Babylonians in to see like all of his trophies and treasures of all of his conquests. And then the prophet comes to him and says, you know, those victories aren't yours, but the Lord. That's kind of the sad way Hezekiah's reign ends. He ends up with his own arrogance, subjecting the people of Israel to a judgment that will come. And when he's confronted with this, he doesn't even, he's, he, he doesn't even repent. He's like, will this happen when I'm alive? And the prophet is like, no. And he's like, well, I'm a problem. So Trump does have a prodigious ego. We know he's extremely sensitive to earning the approval of certain members of the fake corporate uh, uh, enemy of the people uh, media. That, that's all documented and well-known, right? Maybe one of those people was brought in. We don't hear them speaking. They essentially reversed Project Veritas to Trump. And he is showing them the narrative of why Milley was the one that wanted to invade Iran and not him. He's the peacemaker. Milley's the warmonger. And Trump's sympathetic, sympathetic or sycophantic, depending on which term you want to use. I mean, one person's simpatico is another person's sycophant, largely determines on what you think of the person being simpaticoed or sycophanted to, right? Okay. Um, you hear his simpaticos or sycophants kind of, they're the laugh track, you know? They're, they're giving confirmation to Trump's narrative that he's trying to paint for whomever is silent in this audio that, is the, that, is, that reverse project veritas him. That's a possibility, I think. Do you think that's a legitimate possibility? And that's the origin of the audio. Yes. Okay. Think that's legit possibility? Sure. Yep. Okay. All right. The, the third option is that there's a rat. And before you dismiss this, we are talking about the man that hired Scaramucci and Omarosa. Do I even have to ask if that is a possibility? I think that's the least likely one so far. You do? I All do. right, further, explain. I'm fascinated. Go ahead. Uh, not that there's been bad people, but, like, we are way deep into the game at this point. Like, what What were you staying attached? And and also, this has a... I, I see this both ways. There can be, People think they're hurting by this, possibly actually helping him. Okay. And... So I, I don't know that, I, and I also just don't think like like the people that are with them now are just aren't they pure true believers or even cultists? Like what? I, it just seemed it would seem odd to me that a rat is still involved at this level. Like well, you know, you th- you start thinking of senior members of the Trump administration that are still aligned with Trump, and the list is not very long. One of them is former Chief of Staff Mark Meadows, and he's not a native Trumper. 
You know, he was in the Congress before Trump came to came to power. You know, I'm not saying it's him, but could there be someone who you, do you think you still if I if I further narrowed it down to someone who may themselves be in be concerned about the legal jeopardy that they face. And so they essentially agree to 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 wear wire effectively in order to keep themselves out of jeopardy. If I further quantified it along those lines, would you still say you think that's the least likely option? Yeah, I would. Okay, Aaron, what about you? Probably. Yeah, probably. Huh, okay. Well, then the fourth option is the one that everybody thinks is the truth. This was leaked by the DOJ. Given how, who the media source is, these are, you want to talk about sycophants and simpaticos, corporate media and the swamp slash Democratic Party, but I repeat myself. Um, that's a well-established relationship. Okay. So that's an obvious call. And that's what most of conservative political Twitter believes. And I, I, I can't say that there aren't ample reasons given the leakocracy called the Mueller probe we just lived through that would indicate that that would not be the case. Okay. Um, we will discuss with, is that a legit option? It's legit. Of course. But yeah. I also question the logic. But he's already indicted. I, and, and, and the DOJ's. This, the thought. I, I, I'm trying to be. I know we can't even adult anymore. But let's be very serious about the potentialities and the possibilities here. They actually mentioned the term coup twice. Mm -hmm. We have used it on our show multiple times. And mm -hmm. I, I, I'm just speaking for a sense, and I don't think you have either. I've used it for rhetorical flourish. No. I believe for what's what's worse, a president keeping a classified document to prove his innocence or a coup against a president of the United States in terms of a crime. It's not even close. It's not even close. Yeah. So that's why I don't want to be cavalier. Let's go, let's go to what we were just talking about a minute ago with DeSantis going to the border. Why, why would we entrust that the people that, that <laughs> won't authorize the appropriate use of force against an invasion and instead actually incentivize and encourage it to continue suddenly now have a deep abiding concern about the, 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 the most intimate and, and specific details of national security. I'm calling BS on that, in, on that entire notion, that entire yes, premise. Yes. These aren't, they're not serious about, they're serious about lawfare against their political enemies. They're not serious about the rule of law at all, these people. Now here's Does that answer your question. The, yeah. the thought crossed my mind this morning. I know we're expecting another indictment as it pertains to January sixth here coming down this this summer. Of the three indictments that would be, and maybe there's another one in Georgia. I don't know. Of the three indictments that are or might be, which two are the most serious? The January sixth. January sixth. By and far. The, yes, and the Espionage Act. Mm -hmm. Those are the most, I or guess. They or they charge them with insurrection, it, even. Not, none of them are legitimate, but in terms of the monkey world in which we play in, Correct. the clown world in which we play in, those are the most legitimate. Even though they're not legitimate at all, but whatever. The thought crossed my mind that of those three, the only one that actually could actually end up being followed through on and being found guilty on is the Manhattan one. It is entirely possible 
that yes, they're evil people in the DOJ. They're evil people in the federal government. They're just not serious. At least not serious enough. Now, I know that flies in the face of everything we've been saying, but the thought crossed my mind. I mean, if this is your central piece of evidence and it's out there right now, for who, no matter who released it, I don't know how serious they actually are. And I guess in terms of Trump digging his own grave, because there's always that, uh, let me go to the other side. If the DOJ did, in fact, do it, I don't think it's particularly damning in terms of evidence, but in terms of not corroborating Trump's own story from just last week where he's talking about, what, boxes and documents and golf shirts and stuff? No, no, clearly... This was not just a random document buried with your golf shirt. So, which, you know, we're so used to Trump doing that. Mm-hmm. Yes, this is damning, but this is Trump's entire presence. He clump, you know, saying clumsy things. So, yeah. So, I, I, so you guys think that the two most likely options are this comes from DOJ or Trump brought in some corporate media hack that he was trying to impress and was convinced he could, he could convince and persuade. And that person basically Project Veritas him. And that's the origin of this. That's what you guys think is the, is the most likely origin. One of those two scenarios. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'm open to all manner of crazy, though, including Trump doing it himself. If so, that would be the first case of 4D chess we've actually seen. Why? Because it would be a hella move because of what I'm going to say next. What time is it? Eastern. 1225 Eastern time. Assume... Courts are open for business there and uh, typically at what by 9 a.m. local time. So this audio has been out for 16 hours. Came out about 8 o'clock last night, 7, 8 o'clock last night. Mm-hmm. So this audio has been out for about 16 hours. Courts in Miami-Dade County have been open for, for, for filings, for motions, probably since 9 a.m. At the, at the latest, I would guess. Maybe as early as 8. I don't know. But we'll, we'll say 9 to be nice. So that's two and a half hours ago. Um, where's the motion for mistrial? Because we have a judge here in Judge Cannon in Miami who has already made it very, very clear. She does not like the legocracy of the Fed. She has already, that's why they try to get rid of her. They try to actually file a motion to, 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 for a change of venue to put a different judge on the case. The feds did. She rejected them both because she's already let it be known in pretrial motions that she's not a fan of their legocracy. That's that dog ain't hunting in her jurisdiction. She doesn't like that. So your response to her denying your ability to change venue and already letting you know that she doesn't like the legocracy, you made a key point a minute ago. I don't even know that you even understand how key your point was. You said he's already indicted. Yeah. He's already indicted. Okay. He's already indicted. The judge has already said, I don't like leaks like this. The judge has already denied their ability or, or their motion for a change of venue. The feds then came in, and, and we haven't talked about this yet. <clears throat> They're trying to, the feds are now trying to delay this trial till December, mm-hmm. which would then put it well into next year with the election and everything else okay very that that is beyond obvious all right with with with, with the timing of that is intended to do okay she hasn't ruled on that yet by the way what do they gain by leaking this 
just make who, who's they feds they think the yes what, 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 what's, i agree this I, is I, my I point I'm, i i know we're dealing with evil people but yes. we just a week ago we watched them coordinate one hell of a plan all right i mean they cleared the deck with hunter biden I mean, we, we were just sitting here. We did this show one week ago today. Yeah. I think it was, or last Wednesday, maybe. Just marveling, demonically, you know, at, the, at just how swiftly they can move when they want to move. And so they have, they have an indictment. They have a warning shot across their bow from the judge. What is to be gained by leaking this? What's to be gained politically? What, what, who, who, who that, who, who that does not like who, who that is on the fence about Donald Trump after, since two, after everything we've seen and heard from him and everybody he's that's against him since 2015 would listen to see this CNN audio and say to themselves, you know, I mean, guys, he's got a, he's got a minus 40 approval rating with independence. I mean, he's almost to the point that he can only go up at this point. I mean, what is, what's the political damage here? To me, if they leaked it, all they did was walk right into a potential mistrial, a dismissal with prejudice. You can't ever bring this back again. You get, this is, this is now, now again, we're dealing with evil people. They, they ran a scam called Russian collusion for several years, but, but why do we know it's fake? It had to be stopped. That's the one thing Bill Barr did is he stepped in and he stopped that. That's the only thing that he did. Okay. So were they going to stop themselves? This would be them like stopping themselves. Mm-hmm. They were just, so my question is, why isn't, why aren't Trump's attorneys, haven't they already filed a motion to dismiss this at the time we're talking? This tape's been out for 16 hours. Courts have been open for two to three hours. Where's the motion to dismiss? Mr. Claire mistrial, dismiss with prejudice. Maybe it's coming later today, man, but I mean, I would have done that like first thing in the morning. Remember, there's incompetent dumb people on all sides of this thing, so. I, I think I'll just leave it there. I'm, I am watching very carefully to see what motions do or do not get filed in response to this story. Because that'll tell you, I think, a lot about its true origins or intent. All right, back here on the Steve Day Show, powered by our friends over at Constitution Wealth Management. They have come on board our program as a partner at the beginning of the year. They've already helped align about $10 million of our audience's money with their values. Um, And you can't beat that, folks. And the reality is we've got hundreds of thousands of listeners every day uh, to this show. So that's hundreds of thousands of dollars per household. And are you sure right now that your finances are not at war with your principles, your portfolio is not at war with your principles, that you are maybe trying to be a profit in one venue, but you're trying to profit against yourself in the other. You don't have to do that anymore. Uh, You can use your money. Uh, and use it as a weapon uh, in the uh, cultural and spiritual war that we're in in America right now. Go to constitutionwealth.com slash Steve. Book an appointment today to find out how and get your retirement investments aligned with your values. Constitutionwealth.com slash Steve. Help us build the parallel economy together today. That's constitutionwealth.com slash Steve. The name of the book, The People's Justice 
Clarence Thomas and the constitutional stories that define him. It also could very well be the only book that you'll find this year that will have um, endorsements from William Barr, the former AG, and Laura Ingram. Two of those varying wings on the right that are not often on the same page these days, but there is something unique about Clarence Thomas as a titanic figure that aligns both of those factions when it comes to his story. Amul Thapar is the author, and we want to welcome him to The Blaze today, brother. Thank you very much for the book, and congratulations on it. Thank you, Steve. It's a real treat and honor to be here. And I would point out Ed Meese also blurbed the book, the attorney general under Ronald Reagan that maybe should be credited in many parts with being one of the original originalists. In other words, he championed originalism before it was cool. So we shouldn't forget about General Meese. One of my first geek out moments as a kid of the 80s that grew up in the Reagan 80s as an Alex P. Keaton wannabe is uh, the the, the first time I got invited to a, uh, you're not, you know, the first rule of CNP is you're not supposed to talk about CNP. I don't care about stuff like that, though. It's kind of the skull and bone society for the for the rights uh, council for national policy. The first time I went there, I sat down. And um, to hear a speaker, I think it was actually uh, Ted Cruz, and uh, someone came and sat down next to me. And uh, I didn't, you know, want to be nosy. I didn't start paying attention until they pulled out notes and a pen and started writing down notes. And I'm like, who still does that? I looked next to me. It was Ed Meese, actually. So there you go. All right. So let's get into the story of of, of Clarence Thomas. Um, One of the greatest living Americans of this era just celebrated his 75th birthday. I I would put him in an elite company of Supreme Court justices with Scalia and Rehnquist in, say, the last 50 to 75 years. Uh, And then maybe we would have a debate about where he ranks among those three, perhaps. So I'm guessing everything I just detailed is why you chose to write this book in the first place. Yeah, I mean, I chose to write it for multiple reasons. The main reason is the critics claim that he favors corporations over consumers, the strong over the weak and the rich over the poor. And that's just not what he favors. He favors the rule of law and he follows the law. And what's ironic about it is it typically favors ordinary people because the original constitution, if you're honoring it, you're honoring the will of the people. Mm-hmm. And and the book proves it through the stories of the cases. In other words, words, the book tells the real life stories of 12 of the cases that have come before the Supreme Court, and it shows Justice Thomas championing parents' rights, for example, when video game associations wanted to get violent video games in young children's hands, and Clarence Thomas wrote an opinion about parents' rights. It shows about Clarence Thomas championing a parent's right to choose their education through vouchers when the Cleveland public schools were failing. And it details the stories that go behind these. It it, champ, it shows how Clarence Thomas championed the people of Chicago, the south side of Chicago's rights to keep their streets free of gangs and to possess a firearm to protect themselves. What did you learn about him that maybe you did not as you were assembling this book? I learned two, well, three things. One is, is that he is an ultimate originalist. And what I mean by that is he follows the meaning wherever it goes, no matter what. Justice Scalia used to say, if you always like the result of the cases you're deciding, you're not being a judge, you're being a politician. Hmm. And so I think Justice Thomas epitomizes that in that he's always willing to follow the law because you know why? He believes in the American people and he understands that the Constitution created a limit 
limited federal government and retained everything else to the people in the states. He understands that as well as anyone. And that reflects a trust in the American people, that if it's not in there and it's necessary, the American people will always do the right thing. The other thing I learned about him is, and this book, The People's Justice details it, hence the name, he always cares about the real people in front of him. Today, you will often hear when people criticize Supreme Court decisions, they talk about the legal principle. They forget about the real people in front of them. And what this book does is it gives your viewers ammunition to debate their friends, to give their friends the book and say, read this and let's talk about it. Tell me where you disagree with Justice Thomas, because what I am suggesting is even the critics will have a hard time when they read what really happened in the cases criticizing Justice Thomas. What's the driver of those two uh, things, uh, those two uh, characteristics, those two things that are consistent strains of thought for him. What, what's what's at the base of his worldview to to chase after originalism? What, what what's that? Where's that come from? It's a love for America. I mean, think of it. This is a guy who grew up when he was a kid. His mom had ten dollars, and the book talks about this. Made ten dollars a week. She had to give up her two boys to their grandfather, and her, his grandfather raised him with an iron fist. But he understood a few things. He understood education means emancipation, to quote Frederick Douglass, which then Justice Thomas does in the voucher case. So he saved his money, even though he was not well off, to put a young Clarence Thomas in Catholic schools where nuns were strict and would make sure he got an education. Justice Thomas's grandfather, whenever Justice Thomas or his brother complained and said they couldn't do something, he would say, old man can't is dead. You know how I know? I helped bury him. And the third thing Justice Thomas' grandfather taught him that was critically important is to have a right to think for yourself. As Justice Thomas said, I will not be consigned my views by the opinions of others, but I will decide things for myself. He's done it throughout his career. The People's Justice proves it. The book proves it page after page that Justice Thomas is an American hero. He's an American hero because he follows the original meaning of the Constitution and trusts the American people. People. At the end of the day, it's all about trust, and he's appreciative. He rose from literally sleeping on a dirt floor growing up to the highest court in the land. How can you not appreciate what the American people have done for you? Only the second black Supreme Court justice at the time of his nomination in 1991. Those of us that are Gen X and older remember uh, the controversy surrounding his nomination and what they put him through during that process. And and yet we have seen him, despite all that controversy and all the attempts uh, to assassinate his character in public over the last you know, 30 plus years, he has remained pretty constant, pretty stalwart, hasn't been moved at all, hasn't, quote unquote, evolved. Um, um, you don't see him if, you know, if I could be blunt, this is my own opinion. It's almost as if Gorsuch aside, it's almost as if Trump's other two Supreme Court justices, Kavanaugh and ACB, almost calculated they were going to use all of their political clout on overturning Roe and have been really disappointing overall on a host of other issues. Um, he just seems to not give a rip about any of that. I mean, he just he just year goes years go by, cases go by, administrations go by and. He just seems to be as constant as the North Star there, or am I overrating him? 
you're not overrating him. Of course, I think all the justices are great. They're all my bosses. So I just want to clarify that. But Justice Thomas, let me talk about two things, if I may. One is his deep faith. And the other is his love for people, as I think I've documented. And I think those things allow him not to waver. So, for example, if he's talking to you, he makes you feel like the most important person in the room. He's not looking over your shoulder. He's not looking at who's next. I was at, of all places, Yale Law School, and they were honoring Justice Thomas. That's right. Your viewers heard that right. Um, after 25 years on the court. And when we were done with the ceremony, which he was embarrassed by and didn't want to be honored, we went to a reception. And at the reception, Justice Thomas, there were all these faculty there, many of whom criticized him repeatedly, that just wanted a minute of his time, a picture with him. All these students there, you know who he spent time with? He spent time with the support staff. He shook every person's hand. He thanked them. And then when he was, when we were supposed to go to dinner, we were 30 minutes late because Justice Thomas insisted on staying with the support staff and taking a picture with each one of them if they wanted it, shaking their hands, holding their kids if they they were there. It was an amazing sight. And that's what he does every summer. He, what the, the critics will tell you all sorts of things. What they won't tell you is he and his wife get in an RV and drive around America yeah. and don't tell the people who they are. Mm -hmm. The other thing is the book documents some of these personal stories, the people's justice, as, long, as well as the cases and shows how his person, the exact thing you've put your finger on, Steve, how it translates from his personality to his decisions. If we put the Wonder Woman lasso of truth around Clarence Thomas and asked him, what is the toughest case you had to preside over? What do you think his answer would be? You know, that would be really hard, but it would be one of the many that I'm sure are in the back of his mind where he reached a result he didn't like even though uh, because he felt the Constitution compelled him. I'm going to reference Justice Scalia, if I may, because Justice Thomas has never said this. But Justice Scalia always commented when he ruled for criminals, he did because the Constitution commanded that he did. In other words, crim criminals' rights. And he said, I don't have a choice, but I might not like the result. You all think I'm pro-law enforcement, but you read these decisions, I'm following the law. And I think Justice Thomas would have a similar view, that there are times he just doesn't like the result. He, If he was God, he would have come up with a different result. But he knows he's not, and he follows the law and follows what he believes his oath compels him to do. How much longer do you think, Amul, he's going to serve on the court, if you had to guess? Well, let's hope for a long time. I mean, he really <laughs> is a beacon for those of us. I mean, I'm an immigrant's child. My dad came here with a one-way ticket and $5. And I rose up to the Sixth Circuit. I've been appointed by a president three times, confirmed three times. I mean, I went to my dad's naturalization ceremony, and now I naturalize people. This is the greatest country in the world. Justice Thomas and I have been blessed by the American people. We are lucky to be here. We're blessed to be in these positions, and we cherish that. We, we take that responsibility seriously to honor the people's words, the people's documents, and the people's right to pass the laws. And I I think Justice Thomas in this book, it just shines through. And so when you read this book, you're going to hope uh, every one of us is going to hope he's there for the rest of our lifetime. Final thing. What had the per biggest impact on you personally, either writing this book or just what you already knew of Justice Thomas? You know, just how much his words are misrepresented, how much his views are misrepresented and what he believes. And I think 
the one thing this book hopefully does is it really gives ammunition to your viewers and listeners to take on the debate head head on because he is an American hero and everyone should be treating him as such. Name of the book, The People's Justice. You can see it there as a backdrop. And now you can see it on your screen. Clarence Thomas and the constitutional stories that define him. Amul Thapar, it has been a pleasure. Congrats on the book and uh, on the conversation as well. And uh, a good reminder that uh, there are that not all heroes wear capes. And sometimes that's not just a, uh, a satirical line. It's true. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Thank you very much, Steve. Gentlemen, your thoughts on that conversation. What stood out to you? That conversation at the end, um, just about what America, this country, has done for uh, both Justice Thomas and um, and Amul, and it's it's it sticks out to me because we don't get to hear stories like that very often nowadays. Just in the day in and day out, it's all uh, seemingly negative, and it's it stands out in a good way. But I also will add this, if you wonder why Justice Thomas, his entire career, before I was even born, has been attacked by the left, it's because of, mm-hmm. because of that. They are trying to tear down everything that's good, true, and beautiful. Those stories that you just heard, that's good and true and beautiful. Mm-hmm. That's why people like Amul and people like Justice Thomas are, are attacked. Listen, uh, the progressive movement has counted on people... For a long time now, and now it's all out in the open, who will ultimately say, do, and believe anything for access to power. And all he would tell you is the truth, come one way. It's in stark contrast to the first black female judge who we recently appointed who wouldn't Who doesn't even... know what a woman is. Exactly. Yeah. He, the opposite of that is Clarence Thomas, a man who will always tell you the truth for the reasons Aaron told you about because there's no better thing to do than to tell you the truth. Hmm. Do you think I was fair in what I said about what we've seen from Trump's justices so far? Gorsuch, other than unleashing trainee madness on us, and remember we go back and look at our analysis of him and his legal precedents on the federal bench, we, two things stuck out to us. One, three things stuck out to us. One is he was very good on religious liberty. Two, it was clear he was also at least somewhat libertarian, if not outright favorable to certain fundamental aspects of the rainbow jihad. But third, he had like no record at all on abortion. Like, I, I mean, it's, it's amazing to find a federal judge with like no record on it. He had like nothing, you know, and that's kind of played itself out. You know, he's he's not he, he you know, his first year on the bench was uh, he granted trannies uh, training madness, uh, most favored nation status. That aside, he has by far been the strongest justice. I didn't that have Trump that appointed. on the bingo card. No, no. Uh, the other two have been disappointments. The one that we all wanted instead of Gorsuch, Amy Coney Barrett, I think has been the biggest disappointment of all. I mean, to me, the fact we got Kavanaugh to vote against Roe. I didn't expect anything out of him, given what we had seen from him judicially. So to me, if, if, if that's all he gives us, I'm going to call it a win for me, because that's already more than what my expectation was for him on the bench. But Amy, to me, was oh. the one that with the high expectations. Scalia's clerk, she's been a colossal disappointment other than Roe, I think. Well, to me, how the justice treats his people is an answer to what you, you just said. He's, he's not an elite 
he's in no way wants to be elite. And while we have good, nice stories about Amy Coney Barrett and her family, um, I, I, and I don't have any malicious stories about how the other two treat their people, I, I think Clarence John Thomas, in every way, shape, or form, goes out of his way to make sure I'm, I'm we the people. And I don't think the other three really are at their core as jurists, and that's why you get what you get. Hmm. All right, we'll come back. Uh, Anastasia will join us. We'll play Fake News or Not as well. Bobby Kennedy did a town hall recently and went into at least some detail on a host of issues aside from just medical freedom and vaccines. We'll get into that as well. Plus, Pop Culture Tuesday on The Sound of Freedom. I've had a chance to see it. Coming up. back here with our two live and on demand on blaze tv radio and podcast i'm steve dace he is aaron mcintyre he's todd erzin no he's not wearing a nefarious movie shirt and no unfortunately you can't buy one you wore that one that one of our listeners made for you yesterday and every time you wear that i get like 50 emails which is great i mean i don't want people to see the shirt of of the movie and think i don't want anything to do with it but no we we don't have any merch or swag to sell you uh that i'm aware of anyway so those were just custom made for us by uh, by one of our listeners. They're very cool shirts. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes. But no, I, I, I regret to tell you there as of now. Anyway, there is no place you can buy that shirt, although that shirt is very, very cool. Uh, you can let us know what you think about what we think by emailing the show Steve at SteveDace.com, D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, MeWe and Gab. You can follow me at Steve Dace Show on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and um, also look for me over on Truth Social at Real Steve Dace there on Truth Social at Real Steve Dace. If you listen to the podcast, if you haven't done this yet, please leave us a five-star review. Thank you to all who have. And you can also hit subscribe or follow if you listen on iTunes. And again, thank you to all of you that have done that for us as well. This portion of the show brought to you by our friends over at Jace Medical. Uh, They are the ones that came out with the Jace case so that you would have access to venerable medications, uh, historically proven antibiotics that you never know might be the next medicines they have to deny you from uh, or deny you of uh, in order to, to, to kill you. Did I say that out loud? Well, that's exactly what happened. Uh, so now what they want to do is help you back up the prescription meds that you do have. I know, you know, just in case of another, shall we say, emergency. All right. Um, you can back it up with a 12-month supply, a whole host of medications from uh, diabetes to heart health, blood pressure, cholesterol, even mental health, and more. Uh, this is a must-buy uh, when it comes to in-family preparedness. We are, we are already seeing shortages of a lot of medications in in the country right now as well. So this is one way to make sure you've got a backup, you know, just in case and get that peace of mind. When you go to jacemedical.com, J-A-S-E for Jace Medical, J-A-S-E for jacemedical.com. Enter the code DACE at checkout for a discount on your order. That's the promo code DACE at jacemedical.com. Coming up here in this segment later, uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., Recently did a town hall where he went more in-depth on issues beyond what's gone on with COVID, Fauci, and vaccines. We'll get into that. Uh, But before we do, time for my oldest daughter, Anastasia. Good to see you, Princess. How are you? Good. How are you, Dad? I'm doing very well. What do you have for us today? Um, So just to finish out June, I have one last story 
one last hashtag life month story to read you guys on the air. We'd love to hear it. Excuse me. Here we go. This is a story my wife and I have kept to ourselves for the past five and a half years. We had two beautiful daughters and my wife always wanted a mama's boy. We were blessed to be pregnant with our third child in 2016 with that mama's boy when at our 16 week checkup, we got the dreaded news that something was wrong with the baby's heart. We met as husband and wife and sought the advice of doctors whom we trusted so much, having been through this twice before. I am sad to say that at every turn we were met with, just terminate the pregnancy, or don't ruin the beautiful family you already have, or you don't need the burden of a special needs child. My wife and I are both Catholic, and growing up, there is no such thing as the thought of an abortion. How could these people we trusted so much give the advice to just kill your baby? Of course, they used more acceptable terms to the spirit of the age, like terminate, as opposed to kill or abort. I can remember to this day vividly sitting in our car after an appointment with our OBGYN, where we were both in shock and disbelief, and we looked at each other like, well, this is what everyone is telling us to do. We both cried as we thought there was no hope for our baby boy and just kind of thought the next appointment was to end the pregnancy. Praise God as after so many prayers and contemplating, my wife was strong enough to say, we will never be able to live with ourselves if we do what they're telling us. If our baby is born and needs intervention, we would let him die or or would we help him? What's the difference between right now at 20 weeks in utero or 20 weeks old? I'm happy to say that our Alex is going on six years old this August Mm. and just completed kindergarten. His sisters love him only like two big sisters could, and he completes our family. Has it always been easy? Of course not. Has it always been worth it? Absolutely. Alex has completed a series of three open heart surgeries to correct what is the generic term of HLHS, hypoplastic left heart syndrome. Our good Lord has done everything he could for him up to this point and provided. There are even more inventions slash interventions in the future. Alex can live a mostly normal life. We don't know if we have three more hours with him or 300 more years with him, but he's the best thing to ever happen to our family. I hope some of my family is listening to this today so this breaks the ice and they can understand the pain we went through getting that debilitating advice from everyone from our OBGYN to a pediatric cardiologist who we obviously never visited again our medical industrial complex is broken but that's a story for another day today and every day we celebrate Alex that was Brian and Christina from Florida that was their story what are you guys' thoughts on that powerful story well the, the value of each and every life to folks like this couple and everybody in this room and most of our listeners i think is patently obvious but the other thing about this is the 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 lives of everybody else and what's important to gain from this is whether you're the parents in a tough situation or doctors who you know got into a job not because everything is just like a smack on the bottom and a lollipop at the you know it you're not god you aren't God. And once you accept that, your craft has an opportunity to be truly fulfilled in the highs and the lows. But if you will not accept that, you become this, no matter how many years and how much money you've spent on an education, you come become this shallow pool. Mm-hmm that simply refuses Mm -hmm. to see around any of the hard corners of life. This is just disgusting. If your first thought is when things get hard, 
I'm out. Might as well die. You, that's not life. That's not life. And you are such a first world casualty. I. We, this is my point about comfort. You, you're better off living in some random country in another century of life than being who you are in all your privilege. Because you simply can't and won't be bothered by anything. The little hangnail. Ugh. Kill it. It's, it's disgusting. It's, it, it's not worth having a first world if you're the outcome of a first world. Hmm. Aaron. I don't know how I'm supposed to follow that up. Good luck. But um, I, every life is precious. What is the, what is the Greek word for every? What is the Greek word or root word of every? Is if you, every? I think it's tra translated if you want. Every. Oh, 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 if you want it. Every life is precious. And I cringe. I cringe when I hear even Christians say this and, and um, or people who, who are otherwise pro-life. You know, maybe young married couples. Oh, we had a pregnancy scare. What? A scare? What? What is that? No, no, it's not a scare, because every life is precious, even the ones described here. Todd making a a really meta a, a meta statement about what life is and how it's viewed by many in the West. It's tragic. Mm -hmm. It is tragic because when we view life as a burden or lives as a burden or things that are explicit blessings of God from God as a burden. We're missing out on that blessing. It's tragic in that sense. It's tragic in the sense that we're devaluing life, but it's also tragic in the sense that we're, we're denying ourselves blessing. And I think stories like, but Anna just read really underscore that that at the end of the day, nobody, nobody is a burden. Nobody. Everybody is everybody has the Imago Day within them, on them. And uh, God blesses. God blesses each and every uh, every human being that comes into this world and uses them as a blessing to those around them. Just look at just ask Bob. Bob Vanderplatz had a son with uh, special needs. You think Lucas was not a blessing? No, he was. It's very well said. Thank you, Princess. Thank you. I've appreciated doing this this month mm -hmm. as opposed to what the alternatives for this month were, especially. Thank you. Yeah. All right, gentlemen. Let us now turn to fake news or not. And there has been a lot of discussion around Robert F. Kennedy Jr. over the last few months, mainly on the right, frankly, some on the Democratic side, but much of it on the right. Uh, I think some of it is an attempt to weaken Joe Biden with a legitimate primary challenger. I think some of it is um, admiration for Bobby Kennedy Jr.'s attempt to turn the Democratic Party back to about where it was in about 1998 and, and, and push it away from the ash heap of history that it's trying to force the, this country onto, 
irrevocably in 2023. Um, I think some of it is even personal admiration for him, even if you don't necessarily at times agree with everything he says, but his willingness to be criticized for it, to suffer for it. He's essentially been excommunicated from his family, his, his, his identity, the party, etc. And you don't see a lot of people willing to risk anything for anything politically these days. He has. Um, but he is not running for... Uh, he, he's not running for inspirer in chief, right? He's not running for life coach. He's not running for surgeon general or health and human services. And frankly, I'd vote for him for those positions. Okay. He's running for president. Mm-hmm. And so his positions on a, on a whole host of issues are relevant, even if he has proven to be on the right side of what have been, what's been, the most prevalent issue in this country going back to March 16th of 2020. And other than training madness, virtually every other evil that we are currently fighting in this country at this moment either was generated or exacerbated by what transpired on March 16th, 2020 with the beginning of COVID stand. Fair? Mm-hmm. And, and so in some respects, I've kind of wondered if he's the anti-Trump candidate in that there is the Trump presidency before March 16th, which, you get, again, you could get daily frustrated with, the, with what went on between him and the media and the antics, but the country was trending in the right direction on many, many fronts. Mm-hmm. And then there's the Trump presidency of what happened after March 16th. I, I just saw a minute ago that Ron DeSantis, as we speak, is doing a town hall in New Hampshire, and he, he, called, uh, he described Trump turning the country over to Anthony Fauci as a, quote, catastrophic mistake, end quote. I don't see how anybody could deny that that is the case. I mean, first of all, we wrote a number one best-selling book detailing what that mm-hmm. looked like. Um, the Trump presidency never recovered from that decision. Uh, it, it set the stage for them to steal the election, I believe, via ballot harvesting and all the other antics that we saw. And, and therefore, all the suffering we are still seeing under the current regime was made possible its origin its genesis was 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 made possible or at the very least greatly enhanced by the decisions made by trump during that time correct on the other hand we have bobby kennedy who who prior now given the the tribe you come from you knew a lot more about him than me all right Mm-hmm. But I remember the Bobby Kennedy, who was the radical environmental lawyer. Yeah, me All right? too. Okay. So before I even knew what a lot of these issues even were, you know, it just within and, and, and then got at least somewhat informed on them in the last few years. I almost that's why I almost wonder if he's the anti-Trump. There is what you thought of Bobby Kennedy prior to March 16th and then what you thought of him after. Since March 16th, 2020, Bobby Kennedy has been has spoken as prophetically to the country as any political figure has. Fair? Yeah, he's not he's not possible as a presidential candidate Correct. otherwise. Yeah. But that but but then you have to go back and look at who also Bobby Kennedy was comprehensively on everything else prior to March 16th, 2020. You should, and, you and there's probably some reasons why he was a Democrat, right? Which is why I wanted to do this exercise, all right, via this Twitter thread that went through a recent town hall that Bobby Kennedy did where was this town hall at? New Hampshire? It was in New Hampshire. New yep. Hampshire? All right. All right. Um, let's go through these one by one. 
And you guys tell me fake news or not in any context you want. Is his answer fake news? Is the question fake news? Does this is, is he fake news as a candidate because of his answer or not? Mm-hmm. However you want to address it. All right. Here's number one. Uh, responds to being called an anti-vaxxer. Quote, I'm called anti-vaccine because that's a way of marginalizing and discrediting me in the view of the public. What I've said is I'm pro-science and pro-safety. Yeah, that's that's not fake news. Listen, he just, he, he has utterly reasonable questions, as do all anti-vaxxers uh, like myself, that very smart people either refuse to answer who answer very badly as i've told you before steve and you've intuited this instinctively although you have a different opinion i've been in a room with a doctor who told me he said i don't think i'd want uh my kids sitting next to your kids and i said yeah but doctor your kids are vaccinated right see this is where he's just like you 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 must give me better than that and you agree steve and you always have yeah this is not fake news i mean he's he's understands what 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 Robert F Kennedy Jr is doing and has demonstrated is he understands tale as old as time science better than the most of the scientists at big pharma and in big government and by the way this twitter thread courtesy of of chief nerd the chief nerd on twitter really good twitter good follow thread. on twitter yeah. thank you for pointing that out that was uh, my mistake for not giving him credit from the beginning thank you Aaron yeah he's a good follow on twitter for sure all right next one next Robert F. Kennedy on why he's the best candidate to reform captured government agencies. Uh, Quote, I know how to reorganize these agencies to end the revolving doors, to end these financial entanglements with the industries they're supposed to regulate. Unquote. That's fake news. Uh, Only because that's just too clean and simple. And maybe he can't say the truth, but like uh, uh, the truth is I'm a Kennedy I know where and how the bodies are buried. There are scores to settle. This is going to be like mob violence to get this thing done. There's no like, there's no plan. There's no need. Sheer this, guile and conviction. This is going to be a bloodbath. Yeah. And it must be. I, this is, this has to be a war. And maybe he'll ultimately say that. I could see him saying it right now. I'm just, this is just too nice for the situation at hand. Aaron? Yeah, this is not, uh, or this is fake news. Uh, it doesn't need reorganization. It needs smashing. Yeah. It doesn't need a revolving door uh, or the ending the revolving door. It needs a door into a jail cell. And it's not just financial entanglements. It's complete deep-seated uh, corruption that just needs to be excised. Entirely. I believe, didn't, didn't Bobby talk about he was uh, invited to breakfast with Ron DeSantis during lockdowns or during COVID at some point? And they had a very blunt conversation about what to do with Fauci and NIH and Francis Collins and these agencies and that DeSantis, this is RFK Jr.'s account, that DeSantis said, I'm, you know, basically, you know, quoting uh, RFK's uncle, I'm going to smash these, if I'm president, I'm smashing these agencies into a, into a thousand pieces. And that RFK said that while he uh, was sympathetic to the sentiment, he thought that was going too far, that they could be used for good if they were reformed accordingly. And I think this, this answer kind of goes along with that. All right. Next, his views on abortion and bodily autonomy. Quote, I don't think there's anybody in this country who has worked harder for medical freedom for bodily autonomy than me. I don't think the government has any business telling people what they can and cannot do with their body. End quote. See, this is where it's fake news, obviously. This is where we get into incoherence with Bobby Kennedy Jr. Um, 
how you can be practiced. You have your eyes wide open on one issue of life and then not recognize that the preborn baby or unborn baby is actually a human being that has bodily, this so-called bodily autonomy too. I, that's incoherent to me, so that's fake news. It is incoherent, which is why it's not fake news. This is what you're going... Don't, don't make Bobby Kennedy your, your saint or anything like that. He's going to be very, very complex. There are things about him you like, th- things you don't. Just be honest about that. This is incoherent, and that is the truth of Bobby Kennedy on this. He's, look how hard he's worked on one front. I'm taking great risk, called all the names. And on the other front, you know, he's just a default Kennedy. You know, this is, these are people these days. They're just, a, they're a hot mess. So I agree with her. And I'm just saying this, that's, that's not fake news because you're going to get like that out of almost all your candidates these days. This is basically the, the moral argument that the average post-counterculture boomer era liberal made all of our lives these kinds of arguments Mm -hmm. i can do whatever i want with my body and this is this as i've said before this is the old culture war the old culture war was both sides agreed you had autonomy and agency inherently as a as a as an adult Mm -hmm. either because you were born in america or because you were made in god's image Mm -hmm. right uh and one side said if the other party was consenting then there were no limits to what you could do with your own body. And the other side said, our side said, well, you know, there's that uh, being called God and whose image we're made, who's got a pretty good idea Mm -hmm. of what's best and worst for us to do. And he does have some, a few limits on what we can do with our autonomy. And that was the old argument for our entire lifetimes until, and and, until the new argument, which is you have no agency or autonomy at all, which has put us on the same side with people like Bobby Kennedy, in, in eras when we would not have been on the same side uh, with him on many other issues because of the old argument. Fair. Mm-hmm. So this is the old traditional liberal argument, you know, rearing its uh, its unfortunate head here. Right, yeah, Nick? I don't. Go I, ahead, I don't. I don't dispute that at all. I, my thing with with this though, this in particular, what have we always said about the life issue? The life issue. Window to the soul. It's a window to the soul. So yeah. I'm not really, other than just a personal vendetta, which could be turn out to be very strong. And in Bobby Kennedy's case, it should be strong. Uh, Bobby Kennedy Jr.'s case, it should be sh- strong, being what they did to his dad and uncle. But if he's if he's this way on the life issue, uh, is he going to go to the mattresses just on vendetta alone? I don't know. That's the risk that I I would think you'd be running. Fair enough. And I think there's a lot mm-hmm. of people yeah. that probably feel the way that you do. Yeah, no, I do. I agree. Let's go next on the COVID roasting the COVID pandemic response. Here is where the the palm branches probably get waved. Quote, this is the first respiratory illness in the history of medicine where you could go into the hospital with a positive PCR test and symptomatic. And the hospital will say there is nothing we can do for you. You go home until your lips turn blue and you can't breathe and then come back here and we're going to give you two things that will kill you. Intubation and remdesivir. End quote. Now that's the that's kind of the Steve Day show for a year and a half. Yes. Yeah, and this is, look, people have not as many as I would like, but uh, enough that it's getting the ball rolling. You know, people have been awakened. And listen, it's why I don't want to go back to normal. Normal sucked. Normal is what got us here. And if you're not going to go back to normal, you've got to be open-minded to letting certain tribal lines readjust themselves you've got to be able to come over and let let 
him run point on this because he's effective and he's got a voice and even just because he's a Kennedy that resonates and if this is the truth this is a this is a uh, uh, a scriptural uh you know, if he's testifying to the truth, the, you know, the disciples are like, he's not one of us. Well, is what he's saying true or not? Yeah. All right. Before we finish, let's tell you about our friends over at Pure Health Research. They're worried about your liver because about 100 million Americans could be living with fatty liver. Um, and if you are, you're three and a half times more likely to have heart failure than those without. Uh, and that's where our friends over at pure health research come in with their liver health formula let's face it we put our livers through a lot of a lot over the years and as we get older i'm gonna turn 50 here in a month all right that's a lot of cholesterol a lot of years of uh, depending on your lifestyle habits alcohol toxins tylenol statins cigarettes all right and that may be the reason for a sluggish and fatty liver can help you gain weight lose energy. Uh, That's why you want the all-natural supplement that contains 12 clinically proven botanicals to help recharge and protect your liver, manufactured right here in the USA and approved by American doctors. It is the Liver Health Formula from Pure Health Research. The Liver Health Formula, get a free bottle of nano-powered omega-3 to keep your heart healthy when you sign up at getliverhelp.com slash Steve. That's the bonus free gift. Getliverhelp.com slash Steve. Again, getliverhelp.com slash Steve. How many more, Aaron, do we have? Uh, let's see. Let me go back here. I've got to get, uh, I think we've got about four or five. All left. right, we'll try to get through the rest of these. We've got through the most important ones, I probably, but let's get through as many of these as we can. All right, next. Sorry, i got to advance through here real quick. You're good. So we're kind of resetting. All right, now let's talk immigration. Quote, this is a humanitarian crisis that we're creating through government negligence, and we need to end it for everybody's sake. End quote. That is uh, not fake news. Uh, to the extent that there's any Catholic left in Bobby Kennedy, I have, where did, do you know where is he on that personal front? Maybe you said when with I was him with him in January, he did talk about um, faith in God and conviction in God that kind of drove him that, that has sustained him to stay on the road he's on, despite all of the the various uh, ex- personal excommunications he has felt for what he is doing. See, well. Holding him spiritually accountable, obviously he gets abortion wrong. But this is actually an authentic uh, Catholic uh, opinion. It is not compassionate to to simply say, "Hey, everybody in," and we don't know what the heck happens to you or how it happens to you afterwards. No, this is this is humane. What his he's talking about? Yep, not fake news. Also skipped one. Sorry. Oh, all right. On the Second Amendment and protecting our schools, I found this answer fascinating. Quote. I am not going to take people's guns away. Anybody who tells you that we can end the violence to our children that's going on now by removing people's guns is not being truthful with you. This might End be the, this might be the most eyebrow raising I agree. one yeah. so far because that's not a take you here anywhere in the Democrat Party at all. You probably have not heard a Democrat say something oh, no. like this on nope. a national stage in your lifetime, I would guess. Nope. Again, yeah. this is why he wasn't being honest about that other question about he knows I mean, his his father and his uncle were murdered in cold blood. I mean, he'd be... Listen, if he didn't have this opinion, as much as I admire what he says about vaccination, heck, I'd say that he can't be taken seriously. If you see this happen to your family, you're like, give everybody the guns? No. Or take away the guns from everybody and Mm -hmm. give them just to the government and the government alone? No. There's no way he could possibly believe that. 
I mean, we've got Republican governors, you know, that are the Tennessee governor. Yeah. Trying to trying to pull, hold special sessions to to detract away from this Second Amendment. He's to the right of the governor of mm-hmm. Tennessee, Bill Lee, with a statement like that. No, 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 not hard. Here we are. And what a joke. Yes. On whether nuclear technology should be used more as sustainable energy. Remember, this was a very aggressive climate attorney. Prior to his activism in the VAX space, quote, I'm all for nuclear energy if it can be made safe and if it can be made economically competitive, end quote. There's a lot of Western European countries actually going to nuclear See, energy. This this actually. Yeah, I, I understand that he is a kind of a he uh, was a very aggressive, I guess, if you want to call it a very uh, liberal environmental type of guy. Yeah, I think I said climate lawyer. I meant environmental lawyer. Forgive me. Thank you. But this kind of tells me that he's not necessarily going along with the green cult because they don't they don't like nuclear because that's clean and abundant and relatively cheap energy. Right. And that's that flies in the face of the Green New Deal agenda. So yeah, I mean, he has flat out said he I am a, he flat out said like a month ago, I am a staunch environmentalist, but much of the climate movement you see today is not about the environment. It is it is being done for other political agendas. Basically, he he seems to acknowledge the same forces that he opposed in COVID is who is propping yeah, up the likes exactly. of Greta Thunberg, for example. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. Hmm. Let's stop here and ask a simple question. If if he had not take take the abortion issue off the table. Tell me here which you would not support as a presidential candidate. Now, that's a hell of a thing to take off the table. I, I'm not, you know, I've done more on the life issue than mm-hmm. any topic in my career. But take the abortion yeah. issue off the table. Tell me what else here you would not well, agree that, with. It would not even be pre-Hobbs. Um, it would not be reasonable mm-hmm. for even to do this, and, and even a theoretical, I think. But it is. Pre-Dobbs, you mean. Pre-Dobbs, Not Now me. that the row is overturned. Now, now it has yeah. been over. Not that there's nothing left to say, but you can just default to, hey, uh, it's... It is what it is now, and now it's up to you and your state. To and he do has it. actually said that yeah, in yeah. some other context. Aaron, what about you? Yeah, there's very little that is, uh, you know, raising red flags, at least what we just went through. In fact, I'm just looking at a clip from him right now. Quote, Ukraine is being sacrificed in a proxy war between the U.S. and Russia. Yep. I think we would likely yeah. agree with that. Now, I would say a proxy war between Soros and the WEF in Russia, mm-hmm. but okay. By the way, I just checked. U.S. courthouse in Miami opened exactly five hours ago. 8.30 a.m. Eastern. So 7.30 our time. Well, it's 12.36, so five hours and six minutes ago. I don't know, man. If I'm representing somebody that's guilty of an obvious Fed leak, a guy that they're trying to put in prison for the rest of his natural life, and he's guilty of an obvious Fed leak the night before, and I have a somewhat favorable judge who's made it clear she does not like these kinds of leaks. I mean, would you want your lawyer waiting five hours to declare, a, 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 to, 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 to file a motion asking for a declaration of mistrial or a dismissal with prejudice? No. I mean, there's still half the day to go, but I don't know, man. I don't want my lawyer there at 8.30 the next morning. Like, I'd, if, if I'm a billionaire, I'm on the phone with my attorney three seconds after that clip on CNN airs and says, first thing tomorrow, Okay. Get your ass there at 8.30 a.m. when the courthouse opens and file that. 
these mofos want to put me in prison for the rest of my natural life? I mean, that, that, that to me would seem to be my, I, that would be my reaction. Would, mm-hmm. would, 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 you know, would it, would it be, we'll get to it when we get to it? I mean, I'm not a lawyer. I did clerk at a law firm. I, I've filed briefs with federal courts many times. I doesn't normally, you know, I, this doesn't have to be a 20 pager. Hey, did you see, hey, Judge Cannon, did you watch, see last night's CNN clip? Where'd that come from? You know what I'm saying? I mean, I just, mm-hmm. I mean, just so happens the clip that gets leaked is the one in their indictment that's their smoking gun. What are we doing here? So I don't know. Still half the day to go, but man, I don't know. If it was me, I'd want to get that thing filed like first thing in the morning and move on with my life, you know, but. As President Snow once said, moves and counter moves. Yeah, we shall see. Folks, if you're dealing with pain from time to time, it's one of the few guarantees that we have in life as we get older, chronic pain and some, you know, a group of physicians got together seeing a healthcare provider, seeing uh, too much chronic pain from too much inflammation and too much, too many of their practices. And they came up with this drug-free formula called Relief Factor meant to give you the all natural remedy for that inflammation causing your pain. And they're so confident that this will work. They offer it to you to get started with the three-week quick start for just 20 bucks because about 70% of the time, people who try it end up sticking around long-term because the results they see in three weeks or less blow them away. So put them to the test for just 20 bucks. You've been fighting that pain, struggling with it for too long, and you're wondering, can I ever get rid of it? Maybe today is the day that we get you on the path back uh, to being pain-free. Go to relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF. That's 800-4-RELIEF, the number four, 800-4-RELIEF, or go to relieffactor.com. All right, before we move on to Pop Culture Tuesday, I'm going to put you guys on the record. When we come here tomorrow to do the show live, and the show starts at 11 a.m. Central, local time tomorrow, will the Trump attorneys have filed a motion for a mistrial? No. Or a dismissal with prejudice by that period of time? No. Vote Trump. You, you say no. No. Chris. I'm sorry, Aaron. You confused me when you said vote Trump. Just completely blew me, uh, uh, threw me off. Sorry about that. Who is Chris? I have no idea who Chris is. I don't know. I don't know. And maybe he's somebody I'm fantasizing about. Aaron. Uh, my answer is vote Trump. No. No. I don't know. You guys tell me. You know, you guys. Someone told me on Twitter over the weekend, you don't understand him. And I'm like, I don't have to. I don't have to understand him. I don't understand any politician. You don't understand him like I do. I mean, they're supposed to understand me. I mean, what the hell kind of populist movement says you don't understand the fearless leader? I'm the leader, man. Countries, we the people, not you, your pet candidate. Understand me. I'm the boss, not you, not him. You're supposed to be the boss too, but I don't understand. I mean, I'm a billionaire. I think that, you know, I've, I, I, it appears the feds have leaked something against me. That just so happens to be their most incriminating piece of evidence against me, an indictment where they're seeking to put me in prison for the rest of my natural life. I don't know, man. I'm probably telling my, you know, $3,000 an hour attorneys to make sure their asses are down there at the Miami-Dade U.S. courthouse at 8.30 a.m. the next morning, filing this thing first thing. First thing Judge Cannon sees on her desk is is a motion to declare a mistrial or dismiss the case with prejudice. Maybe both. First thing. They can't ever bring it back again. First thing on her desk. That'd be me. But you're right, I don't understand. 
So let's get to Pop Culture Tuesday, where we look at the intersection between pop culture and conservatism. Coming up on July 4th, a new movie coming out called Sound of Freedom. Here's a preview. How many pedophiles you got? 288. How many kids you found? the fastest growing international crime network that the world has ever seen. It has already passed the illegal arms trade, and soon it's going to pass the drug trade. Because you can sell a bag of cocaine one time with a child, five to ten times a day. God's children are not for sale. How long have you been doing this? Twelve years now. How many pedophiles you got? 288. How many kids you found? Yo creo que rescatar niños, ¿verdad? Puedes ayudarme a encontrar mi hermana. Te lo prometo. We're Homeland Security. You know we can't go off rescuing Honduran kids in Colombia. Jenny, she'll disappear for good. Walking into a room right now, seeing an empty bed. What we do? You quit your job and you go and rescue those kids. So at this moment, she could be a block down the road, or she could be in Moscow, Bangkok, LA. She's a major operator. It's all rebel territory. No one goes in. Not the army, not the police, not us. What if this was your daughter? There's no Marine unit coming. You're on your own. This job tears you to pieces. And this is my one chance to put those pieces back together. When God tells you what to do, So there is the trailer for Sound of Freedom. I had a chance, courtesy of Angel Studios, so I want to thank the people over there. Uh, I got a chance to watch a screener of this movie over the weekend. And I have to tell you, I was absolutely blown away by how good it was. I will... I'm just not wired that way. There's no way I can give an unbiased opinion. So I will remove my own film um, from consideration and say that this is absolutely the best movie I have seen so far this year. Um, it is at times infuriating. It is at times inspiring. It reminded me in terms of, you know, like when people see Nefarious, they can see uh, some of the movies that helped inspire us. Um, Silence of the Lambs and the interaction between Hannibal and Clarice. Um, Primal Fear. Um, there's several films that we kind of, we went through with the, the uh, you know, kind of a lot of the, th the great thrillers of the 90s. We tried to capture that energy in our film. Uh, a movie that came out in, uh, in the year 2000, Traffic. Mm -hmm. starring Michael Douglas uh, looking at the true ins and outs and the behind the scenes yeah. of the drug trafficking trade. 
This movie reminds me a lot of that in terms of its the kind of filmmaking it is, its tone, its approach. Um, except now we're talking about trafficking humans, not narcotics. Uh, Jim Caviezel is fantastic. Just as you watch uh, Sean Patrick Flannery and Nefarious, you at times go back and forth between Edward and the demon. Is he when is he possessed? When is he not? The you know. He is at times the, the gritty alpha male cop. And then when he goes undercover to try to create a sympathetic identity with these pedophiles and, um, and, and make really, in a way, and I, I can't see how you could possibly do this and just not need a Silkwood shower after. And you see in the movie he does. But to build a rapport with them, to sympathize with them so that they think you're one of them. And, and he pulls that off masterfully in the movie. There is one scene in particular in the movie with him and a character actor named Bill Camp. You may not know the name, but you would know the face. He was in the trailer. He's the guy in the trailer that says, when God tells you to do something, you do it. Okay. You've seen him. There's several character actors in this movie whose names you wouldn't know, but you have seen them in lots of movies and shows. The only other actor you probably would know other than Jim is Mira Sorvino plays his wife for like five minutes in the movie. That's it. Total. She's in like three scenes for a total of five minutes. But uh, there's a scene between Jim Caviezel and Bill Camp where they sit down at a, uh, I think it's a bar in Mexico, and they both, it's just the two of them together. So forgive me as a guy who executive produced a movie largely portraying two guys together at a table. My favorite scene is two guys sitting together at a table (laughs) in this movie too. They each sit down and they talk about their motivations for getting into this. Why did they essentially both decide to become Nicolas Cage's character in 8mm and find out when he danced with the devil, the devil don't change, he changes you. To go into the absolute rot gut sewer of all rot gut sewers. The child human trafficking industry. The child porn industry. What, what possessed each of them to do it? I'm, I'm not going to say anything more other than that is the best acted scene in a film I have seen this year. That scene was just like, Wow. The, the, the back and forth between the two of them and their own personal uh, stories and testimonies as to what led them here, particularly in, from Bill Camp's perspective. So I would highly recommend this film. It is a message film. It's also a damned good film. It is very well done, very well produced. Um, it, is, it is not a polemic. It is not schlock. It's, it's a damn good movie. I mean, I would say similar to Nefarious, our movie has a message too, but it's also standalone without that message. It's a really good movie. This is a really good movie. Um, but I will tell you, it's, it's also not a movie, though, that is going to give you a lot of warm fuzzies. It, it is a movie that is going to make you afterwards want to say, after a fair trial, of course. You know what I'm saying, brother. You guys have any questions, any thoughts on the trailer and what you just heard from me? I know you guys have not had a chance to see it yet. I would say that the cult of consciousness that caused an entire world to lock down, to mask up, to jab multiple times, to perpetually lie about it, that cult of consciousness that is clearly so pervasive now... What is the reverse of that? The reverse of that is for an entire world to be like the men you just described. The, the fact that we can so easily be seduced by something like COVID is because we do not prioritize 
an entire world that believes in the good, the true, and the beautiful would collectively come together in a collective consciousness and route this out ruthlessly. But here we have some of the, uh, the bright minds of Western civilization are too busy telling you that Drag Queen Story Hour is a blessing of liberty. And by the way, that's not a separate story. That's the same damn story. They're grooming kids. Mm-hmm. Our schools are full of them right now. Think we're going to go... I mean, it's wide open. You think we're going to go into the jungle and help save others when we're just giving them over to the volcano here? I mean, it's, it's appalling. Th- this movie is absolutely screaming at you to wake up. Steve's movie says this. Nefarious taunts him. Oh, yeah. This is the, the best the world has ever been. We're free as ever been. All, you know how many slaves you have in this world, and all of them are sex slaves. It's funny you should say that, because in, in many respects, I kept thinking watching this movie, this movie is the cousin to our film. Yeah. It, is, it is a spiritual sequel. I mean, this, this movie, Aaron, is an itemization of all the themes that Nefarious uh, discusses and, 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 and discloses in our movie. The this very movie existence of this movie is an indictment of us, kind of as a shorter way of, of saying what, what Todd was saying. And you have to wonder, maybe the Pentagon could shake their couch cushions a little bit more this week, find maybe another $6.2 billion, put that to good use. But no, no. The fact that this movie exists and had to be made, or could have been made and was made, is an indictment against basically the entire globe, but especially those here in the supposed first world who find all manner of things to get entangled with across the globe. But apparently this is not. This is not one of them. And it's a problem, uh, a tragedy that will continue ad nauseum until what Todd was talking about, some sort of collective will rises up to put an end to it. I would highly recommend it. Go to angel.com if you want to get tickets. Uh, and find out if it's showing in a theater next to you uh, as well. Again, it's called Sound of Freedom. You will not regret it. Um, But it is not the feel-good hit of the summer. Okay? Similar to the movie we made. We didn't make the feel-good hit of the summer either. We uh, made a movie that is brutally honest about the spirit of the age. And this movie, without being graphic and crude, is also uncomfortably honest brutally honest about the spirit of the age who's behind making the movie i that i don't know uh in fact you know what i'll just look it up right now who did i know well angel studios is who's distributing it um sound of freedom imdb who made the movie the movie has actually been looking for a distributor for several years from what i understand they had made this movie i think three four five years ago alejandro monteverde is the director of the movie and I'm looking at what else is in his credits. Um, he made a couple, uh, he made a pro-life short film that I know mm-hmm. called Crescendo. I believe that's about, uh, um, is about yeah. Beethoven, I think it is. Okay. Um, but his credits are, are not extensive. Yeah. This, and he, he made a hell of a movie here. Yeah, the, this searching multiple years to tell this story you'd think it's like people would be like this story has to be told 
there are no good reasons for why a story like this has to search for years. I mean, why, this is, and God bless everybody who did it. And Jim Caviezel, uh, as great, he's a legitimately great actor, but we all know why he's a B or C list actor, right? Like, mm-hmm. There are only terrible reasons for why that this isn't like the just Correct. people racing to make this movie because Correct. they are complicit and don't care about the horror. Correct. The best you can say as to why this movie wouldn't be everywhere is because it's made by right wingers or pro lifers. It they want they don't want to do anything about the human trafficking issue mm-hmm. unless it's with their worldview instead. Mm-hmm. That's the best thing you can say, mm-hmm. and that's not a great thing to say. John three seventeen. This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.